Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Do The Thing dating experiment. Okay, guys. Well, today's episode is going to be interesting because we're doing a different kind of episode. We have one of the Do The Thing community members, Mark Scott, had mentioned he was interested in coming on to the Do The Thing dating experiment. And he happens to be with a friend of his, Andrea, who is in a relationship. They're not in a relationship together, but Mark is in the Do The Thing community. And then he's friends with Andrea. Andrea is in a relationship. And then we thought it'd be fun just to talk about dating in general and their experiences, because what is Do The Thing when you don't get to talk about the things that people really want to hear about, which is oh my gosh, this world of dating is pretty crazy. <laughs> and all the things out there with dating apps and meeting people in the wild and trying to figure out all the complexities of everything going on, it's crazy. And so I love this opportunity to get a chance to talk to them. And I'm really excited to see what comes up from this interview because I have no idea. It's going to be really fun. So welcome, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to do this. Yeah, so I'd love to just start off. And why don't you just each introduce yourself and kind of let's get us in the vibe of what we're about to talk about, what your experience is just from the start. And then we'll kind of dive in from there, if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I got married at 21, divorced at 46, and then took a year off, decided to kind of find myself as a single person, and then started dating. And the rules were different. Dating, number one, dating is older person and not a teenager but also, or a young adult, but also trying to figure out what the rules were with online dating, because there are rules that no one talks about. So then trying to figure out what those were, I might just throw in a couple other things. I belong to a pretty fundamentalist a religious group. So the rules surrounding that, and then to go to dating, I no longer was a part of that. So then trying to figure out what dating looked like outside of that too was very complex. It was a good journey. Yeah. And then now you're in a relationship. So what yeah. was that like for you? How did you meet and how long has that been? And a little bit more about that okay. too. We met online. I've met everyone that I've dated online. There's only one person that I've dated briefly that I, I met through a friend. And then this person, we haven't been dating for very long, about three months, but it's been, I've dated a lot and I've been in, in a couple of relationships. I think, I feel like everyone says, oh, but this one's different. <laughs> it's such a, such a cliche, but yeah, this one has been different than the other ones. So we'll see. I mean, it's promising. How's that? Yeah. And it's such a great way to also kind of get to know yourself more when you're in a new relationship with someone that you're able to almost use the skills that you got to see that maybe were lacking before, because with that lived experience of having been married and then coming out of divorce and all the stuff that comes from that, now you get to have space from that thing that was so hard and then be able to do it differently now. And so it's a healing in a way. It is. And I feel like I've learned a lot in those three years and I've kind of narrowed down what it is I'm looking for and what I'm willing to accept and what I'm not willing to accept. And I feel like this is the culmination of that almost. So that's why I'm so excited about it, just because it's been, I feel like it's just a result of all of my hard work. All right, Mark, it's your turn. Tell us about you. <laughs> so I was married for, I got married about 36. So a little later, I was married for about 12 years, took a year off and then started dating. And I can say I was like a lot of guys from what I've heard in that I started off 
going out on dates and telling my story and being lonely. And so I think a lot of women had to listen to me a lot <laughs> at the beginning. And at that point, I think I was willing to date someone who was willing to date me. They weren't necessarily women I wanted to be friends with. And it took a while for me to kind of realize that. And I mean, several years. And then I slowly got to a place where I realized I needed to figure out how to be friends with women again. Mm. And so I started doing more of just becoming friends with women, at least as much as dating women. And I've had a relationship in two years, but I've made some really good friends. And that has, I actually think I'm about ready to have a relationship. And the last relationship I had, she, part of it also, the reason I haven't dated was she was a really, she was awesome. She was really smart, really nice, but I was her rebound guy. Mm. And I tried to help her get over the previous guy. And then it was a really good lesson and you can't fix someone else. And I'm like, I should have known probably by this point that that's not your job. I'm like, really? I should know that. And when I stopped trying to fix her, she was like, where'd you go? How come you're not pumping in all this energy into me? And I was like, I can't sustain that. So she got pretty frustrated with me and it just didn't work. And she's really happy right now. She's been with the same guy for like a year and a half and I'm really happy for her. But my journey was a little different. At the end of my divorce, my self-esteem was really low. And so that's part of why it's taken me a long time to kind of figure out who I was again and get to a place where I felt good to, I think, be ready to be like an equal with someone again. Yeah, I think you're both speaking to something really important. And I talk about it a lot in the community, which is using dating almost like a playground where you can have fun with it. And you can also learn about yourself in the process. And I feel like there's so much power in that. There's so many people out there that are dating, but they're exhausted, depleting, and then doing the same thing over and over again and not looking at it as a growth opportunity. And that's one of the things I really try to talk about is have fun and be able to learn about yourself in the process. And you're both really talking about that. And I think that's so important for people to see because when you're doing it from that place of lack or exhaustion, you're not going to meet someone that's at your high level that you want to meet them. You're going to meet them exactly where you are in that moment, that exhausted, depleted level. You want to meet someone from that I am filled up and I'm just looking for you to add to my filled up self. This is kind of a weird example of that, but I don't know how many years ago, say four or five years ago, I decided I went on dates with five different women in one weekend. And people were like, that's kind of crazy. And I was like, well, I want to do it in part because I want to see whether I can do it without making any mistake and remember <laughs> all their details and not say anything wrong. And I know it's kind of a dumb, but it was part of me. Can I actually figure out how to, it was a good test for me anyway. And it's, yeah. not, it's not a thing I've done a lot. It just, it was anyway. So there are weird things I've done along those lines, maybe other people would try as tests. Yeah. Wait, um, so Mark, did you learn that everyone messes up and that there's no possible way that you could ever be perfect, especially when you're dating? Did you learn that? I'm just curious. Oh, I've definitely <laughs> learned that I can't be perfect, but there are very few times that I have said the wrong thing or forgotten the detail, or at least that woman has let me know that I have forgotten. 
Gotcha. It's certainly possible that I have made mistakes that she didn't tell me. Just don't call her by the wrong name when you're dating five of them, though. <laughs> right. That's what happened. Yes. And, yeah. Um, like yeah. ample amounts of grace because you're going to mess up and you're going to say, have I told you this before? Because you don't remember when you've told the story 30 times to 30 different people. I don't know if you're one of the ones that I told that story to. So have I told you? Th- I mean, I just, yeah, I don't take offense to that. And I hope no one else does either. That's, that's hard. Yeah. And I love what you said about ample amount of grace while you're dating, because I feel like we do put so much pressure on ourselves to be a certain way for another person. But when we're able to really even give ourselves grace and be able to act from where we are from the inside, then that's going to be the person you're going to attract from the outside, not from this person that's you've got a mask on and you're just attracting the person from the mask level. You're taking that mask off and you're like, this is who I am. And then you're getting them from who you are at your core. Absolutely. I agree with what you said. I always laugh at people that do these profile pictures that don't look like them. Like, why would you do that? They're going to see you. You're going to be in person. I always try to dumb my pictures down a little bit under promise over deliver. (laughs) Then you're like, okay, great. They're like, oh, wow, you look so much better in person. Thank God. How horrible would it be to look worse in person? When I was in my 40s, I used to tell people I was 50 years old. And they'd be like, oh, my God, you look so good. And it's like, well, I just take really good. I mean, why are we always trying to be better? Yeah. Maybe that's my personality. Maybe. Yeah. That's great. Are you actually making me think I have a dating dare challenge I'm doing in the summer, which, Mark, that one's going to be perfect for you. It'll be right in time for you to unleash your Mark greatness out in the world during the dating dare challenge. But there might be a fun dare around that kind of under promise over deliver concept. (laughs) Along those lines, one of the things people say is go put your best foot forward. And my thought has been be honest about who you are. It doesn't mean tell every secret about yourself. But don't try to convince the person you're someone you're not, partially because they're going to figure it out or you're going to be exhausted trying to convince them forever that you're something else. Like you're a great piano player. You're a hiker. and You're not a hiker. Be the person you want them to follow in love with, not the person you think they want. And I guess the other big thing I learned was don't try to sell yourself, but try to figure out what you like about the other person. So be a buyer, not a seller. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. And you're making me think too, especially when we're talking about being exhausted, being someone that maybe you're not, right? And I think we're all about energy, right? We can do whatever we want when we are able to have unlimited energy. And when our mind is full of the things that we're not, or, oh, why didn't he call? Or why didn't she this? Or what's going on? That's exhausting. And then you're not going to have time. Think of that as opportunity cost. If I'm thinking from a business perspective, you're losing all that opportunity cost of the things that you could be doing when your mind is spinning from the things that are not happening. And so I think it's really important when you're dating is to have that right mindset when you're approaching it. So then you're not losing out in these other areas of your life. In terms of what you're saying, the thing about them not calling or if something ends, Some people get really angry when the person says, no, thank you. And I'm like, thank you for saying that because I don't want to be with somebody who doesn't want to be with me. So you need to find something that's mutual. So when someone says I'm not a match for them, I really do say thank you. 
And then sometimes I think, well, maybe, or they just don't write back. I'm like, her cat got run over or she lost her job. Or, but it wasn't about me. I mean, it's never about me, even yeah. if it was. But I just try to be like, I'm not going to get upset that someone rejected me. I mean, sometimes I have to think about what I did. But the big thing is don't try to put things into their head about why they didn't like you. You can look at yourself. But that thing of whether you're kind of saying, of, yeah, overthinking. Yeah. Kind of, you can work on yourself, but don't try to figure out what other people want in you or what they're going to re- reject about you. I think I tend to be a pretty optimistic person just at baseline. And so when something doesn't work out, I always just assume, and it has always happened for me. So like knock on wood, and this sounds very privileged, but things usually work out the way they're supposed to. And I usually find something better at the end. So I've always had that mindset though. That wasn't the right person. I'll find someone. And every person I've dated has been just a little bit better than the last person. And that's so encouraging, right? Mostly because I've learned from that to build upon what you said. I've learned from that. I've become a different person and I've become more aligned with who I want to attract. So it's all just a process and be positive about it. Don't. It's really easy to get worn down from dating. It can be exhausting, but I think ultimately if you just look at it as something that will bring you what you want eventually. A friend of mine said it's just a numbers game, Andrea. Just keep dating. It's a numbers game. You need more at-bats for baseball. More at-bats. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you're making me think, so during my dating experience, I was luckily in a group and maybe that's what inspired me to do the Do The Thing singles community. I was in a group. It was a Peloton over 40 group. And I remember someone had posted something one day saying, and no offense, Mark, if they're in this range, but it said something about why do 50 year old guys ghost and they didn't understand it. And there was a lot of comments about it. And I remember seeing that post and going, oh, interesting. I haven't been ghosted. So, okay. And then literally the next day I got ghosted by a guy who was 50. (laughs) But it was great because I didn't take it personally because it had just happened to somebody else. Right. And so I felt like, okay, this isn't about me. And granted, now I don't want to make it about 50 year old guys. Right. Because there are 50 year old guys that do not ghost, too. But the point behind that is really not taking it personally. And like you guys are saying, just don't have that scarcity mindset. There's so many people out there. It's just a matter of being your best version of yourself. So then when you're attracting someone, they're coming in at that level. I do think also I made it a point when I didn't want to continue dating someone of being really deliberate about saying this is the the connection I'm looking for or I just didn't feel it because I don't like being I mean, if someone wants feedback, I am more than happy to give them feedback. But I also never ghosted someone else just because I felt like I don't want that to happen to me. So I think in order for that to change, we have to be willing to like make that change ourselves, if that makes sense. If you don't want to be ghosted, don't ghost someone or don't give stupid excuses. Be direct and upfront. We don't have it. So here we go. Yeah. I'd love to hear what's coming alive for you guys in terms of when you mentioned you've been meeting before this call. What are some things that you want to talk about in relation to dating that you think would be helpful for other people that are out there that are maybe spinning around in a circle and wondering how to get out or just anything that's coming up for you right now? I wish that I would have had an instruction manual for dating. I wish that someone would have written the rules for dating. They didn't. I still don't know them all. I'm still not really great at it. And I trip a lot. But I wish someone would have told me what the rules were. Now that you've been dating, especially after being married and getting divorced, and now you're starting over again, 
what would be some of the roles you would have liked to have seen? Oh, boy. Okay, well, let's start with remember that like I came from a pretty like conservative religion, right? So just because you sleep with someone doesn't mean they want a second date. Oh, God, I didn't do that. Oh, <laughs> I didn't sleep with anyone on my first date. Let's make that clear because I was very, very worried about that. But just because you do sleep with someone doesn't mean that they're suddenly like, oh, my God, we're dating now. We mean right. nothing. It's so much more transactional than I ever imagined it would be. I hadn't slept with anyone before I got married the first time. So all of a sudden, I was like, God, people do this completely differently. So I've gone on dates with quite a few women who've told me what they thought were rules for guys or the date fails that guys have. So I guess I could say I've learned some of those things, which is one, write a little bit about yourself and really try to be thoughtful there. Did you say write a little bit about yourself? Like on a dating profile. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And I just had some fun with it. But the thing I said earlier about, it took me a long time to realize that not trying to sell myself, that was a big deal. That I really, the trying to tell the other person, convince the other person to like me was just that that was not a healthy way to go. And it wasn't my job. And part of where that led me to was if I am trying to figure out whether I like the person, I have to listen. I can't do all the talking. Mm. And so, I mean, most people like it when you listen to them. And it's just, it led me to a much better way to approach dating. If I'm trying to figure out whether I like her, I have to observe her and not just her looks, but the way she's reacting to me. And it makes it so it's much less about me. And I think most people, they find it attractive when you are paying attention to them. So it helps you out in a lot of ways if you're there to try to figure out whether you like them, not whether you're trying to convince them to like you. Yeah. And then what other rules? I love this rule topic. So what other rules do you guys want to see? Yeah. So, so early on, I definitely was told many times, you're supposed to have sex by the third date. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. I mean, it's weird. But it was women. I wasn't hearing it from guys. I was hearing it from women. I mean, there were a couple of times, Randy didn't say this, but there were a couple of times I had sex on the first date. But there were definitely women who were like, it's really, I mean, it's, it was just what I would assume. And now I'm like, I know there's a drive for men to you connect physically before you connect emotionally. And women, it's the opposite. You connect emotionally before you connect physically. But now I'm to a place where like, I kind of want to go slowly. And starting off not with a lot of physical part and just getting to know this person. Is this someone I want to get to know before it does get to a physical part? It's taken me a long time and way more dates than I wish it had taken. Mm -hmm. I've gone on way more than 100 first dates. It's much more than that. And so a lot of these lessons are like, God, why did it take me so long? But that has been a very slow thing. And again, it, it's one where it seems to be that most the women who I want to date seem to appreciate that. But it's not something I think that every, just because this is, the kind of woman I'm looking for, it also doesn't mean it's what every woman is looking for. And I've also realized that, that some women want to text a lot. Some women want to talk. Some women want to meet almost immediately. And I'm kind of like, I don't really have a strong preference. So there isn't a right answer to those kinds of things. I try to be really thoughtful, like, 
I'm not going to go on a hike first date with a woman because I don't want to do stuff with her that puts her. I don't want to encourage her to do stuff that I don't think she should do. I don't want my daughter to go do. So I'm not going to go do those things with a woman that I think put her at risk. The other things that I did learn were that um, everyone's dating more than one person. And you have to have that conversation at some point. Are you dating other people? And oftentimes they're sleeping with more than one person. And that was not part of my reality prior to. I was kind of blown away by that. It's surrounded mostly like what the expectations are for dating. And then I always paid half. I always paid my own way, mostly because I didn't want to ever feel like I owed anybody anything. So I would always say, we'll split it every time. I didn't let people buy anything for me. I had a couple of people suggest that if they bought me dinner, oh, now you have to kiss me. And I'd be like, we're definitely never dating again. That's just not even the thing. I don't know. There were just a couple other things that I was, I just didn't realize that people didn't want. A lot of men don't like forward women. So as Mark said, I'm one of the people that's like, let's meet. If I like you, we're going to meet for coffee or a drink. And I do that pretty quickly. And if they don't want to, then they're not my person. So I've gotten better about that, about just saying, if this is who I am. If you don't like it, then go find who you like, because my God, you can be inundated with dates and options. Yeah, I love that you said that part about if they don't like it, they're not my person. I actually speak a lot about this because I feel like people are constantly trying to act in a way that the other person wants or the way that they think they want. And you're not going to win any awards that way. You're then going to be exhausted because you're trying to live up to something that you're not. And honestly, you guys, this relates to dating. It relates to anything in life. It's really trying to act from like who you are. And then the people around you will self-select based on that. And so I love that you said that because I think It's so important for people to know that because then you don't have to worry about, let's say you have an issue and you want to talk about it. Oh, I don't know how he or she or how they're going to feel about it. You have something you want to talk about. So if they don't like it, then they're not your person. (laughs) That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I hate conflict. I'm not really great at it. In fact, I try to avoid it at all costs. But I also know that if you're ever going to have a relationship with someone, you have to bring up some uncomfortable topics. One of those being, you said this to hurt my feelings, or you said this, and can you clarify, did you really mean to be that way? Did you really mean to say it that way? Because that's how I took it. If the person doesn't respond well to that kind of question for me, if we don't resolve something, then I also have to move on. And I've learned in dating that I needed to be quicker about it. I dated this guy for five months. He was fine. And everyone would say, oh, do you like him? And I was like, he's fine. We'll see. I mean, yeah, I like him. But after five months till they continue saying it's fine, that, that should have taken like two months, right? Yeah. And they're still saying it's fine after five months. I mean, I did break up, but it was like, yeah, it just never, it never got off the ground. So I've gotten faster about saying it's not here. Hmm. Yeah, I used to also do this thing where I dated someone I would, and it was not a great first date. I would give them a second date. I'd be like, well, not everyone shows up the way they want to. People are nervous, whatever. I'll do a second date. And I don't do that anymore. If it's not there, it's not there. I've yeah. done it enough times where I'm not going to give someone a second chance. If it's not there, it just doesn't work. Yeah, I feel like these tips are so it's gold for people, especially there's some people that are just starting to date after being divorced. And I think you're right. I think there's not enough information out there for people that are coming out of something to know 
what to do. I remember for me, I didn't start dating for a while. I kept hearing about the the D pictures and I was like, I don't want one of those. And so I didn't, (laughs) I wouldn't even consider dating or going on an app or anything because there was fear of getting one of those. I think it's just, and obviously things have opened up since then, but it's just so cool for people to have these conversations. So I really appreciate you guys doing this because I feel like it's important for people to hear what is really going on because then when you're coming out of it new and you're a baby, what did I used to call myself? Pretty much a virgin again, like a baby virgin coming out into the wild. And I was like, what is happening? And you're like this little deer. Then you're trying to look outside. Oh, naive. Yeah, exactly. So um, just one one of the funniest responses I heard to getting a dick pic was one woman said she just found a picture of someone who had a really big dick. And she sent that back to any guy who said it. And that was, she said, that's the last guy who I did. So, that's so funny. she never heard from any guy again who sent that. Because <laughs> she was like, yeah, if that's what you're going to do, I'm going to humiliate you because you're being, it's totally inappropriate. I don't want that. Yeah. And I will put you in your place. Totally. Why so, look? Did I get to one? Yeah, I did, but it wasn't on a first encounter. It was, and it was shocking. I remember just being like shocked. I didn't get that one for a really long time. Yeah. When one guy learned that I had never gotten one and I was proud of it, then he decided, okay, well, I'm going to be the guy. And I'm like, we are never going out. Ever. Oh my God. That's it. We're done. But, that might have been what happened with me now that I think about it. Yeah, it's true. I look at things so much differently now that it's like, why well, be scared of something like that? If it happens, then you just, I think it's you built up things in your mind, right? That are scary. I'd love to hear, I think I want to stay here for a minute if you guys don't mind, because you really, Andrea, you really brought up a great point of there's not a rule book. We could be writing your guys' future book right now. Maybe you'll be writing this book. You could listen to the recording <laughs> and do a little chi book for it. But anyway, if there's any other thoughts that you have for people kind of starting out or things that you've learned that you would love to share, I'd love to create the space for that. So one thing I've done a few times for people, pe- some people did it for me when I was pretty shy people were really kind to me. So Andrea and I were talking about this. There have been either three or four times where someone said they were just starting out. And so I went on a first date with them and just, this isn't a date. This is just help you feel more comfortable. Aww. And I think if you hear that someone else is in that place, it's a pretty nice thing to do to offer for them. Or if you're just starting out and you know someone, you have a friend of the opposite sex, go out on something that's equivalent to like a don't, it's not a date, but just go practice. Yeah. So you get a little bit of a feeling for it. Because especially if it's been 20 years, that whole thing of how do you get back out there? Start with something that's really, really low key. So you kind of get put on training wheels for the first time, I guess. I would say rather than try to start with something big. Yeah. I love that idea of the training wheels because... It helps people see you don't need to do it forever. It's a temporary thing as you get comfortable and you're flexing the muscle. My first relationship was two years after I got divorced. And I had chosen someone who was different than my ex. But different is not better. And I say that all the time now. Different is not better. Don't just... and I mean, it was during the pandemic, so I'm going to blame the fact that it lasted two years on that as well. But still, what was I thinking? be careful be intentional about what you want and don't try to make yourself you alluded to this too there was someone that i was dating earlier this year and jan i and just no it was in november december and he hated holidays and he didn't really like people 
And I was just like, oh my God, I love both of those things. But I thought, well, that's fine. Like I can, and all of a sudden I was like, what am I doing? No, I'm going to celebrate Christmas and I'm going to, you're not my person. I love that. Yeah. Figure out what you like and don't try to fit that person into your world. Yeah. Don't try to make yourself fit their world. Just move on. You'll find someone. One other one I learned was people, you know, everyone talks about their baggage and we all have some, but one of the big ones about it for me was try not to look at the person in front of you based on your ex, but look at them based on who they are. And it's, you can't do it perfectly, but there was one woman who I dated and I thought that she was doing something that felt like she was trying to control me, which is what I felt like my ex did at the end. And so I broke up with her and she came back to me a month later, two months later, and we went out. And she said, that's not what I was doing. I said, well, that's what it felt like. So it, it ended. And I don't know, a year later, she told me that she thought that I was the one for her. And I'm like, oh, damn, I missed out on someone who was amazing. And it was because of something that had nothing to do with her. Yeah. And I couldn't get past something. And so since then, I really try to look at people and say, I need to look at this person and see who she is. And we don't even, most of us know what all of our baggage is. But to try to say, if something comes up and it's nothing to do with her or him, to try to say, let it go and just look at them. Yeah. Even talk to them about it. As you're talking, this is so important, Mark, because... The one person and if they're controlling and then you're just keeping quiet and then you just say goodbye, right? Or what you just said, which is talking to them about it. Because when you're seeing that you're getting triggered or it's coming from a traumatic response or whatever's happening, once you can take space from it, you realize you're able to be self-aware and realize what it is. Then you're able to flex the muscle of speaking your needs, which is that's where dating is your playground, right? It's not like, oh, I have to stay in this relationship. It's not scarcity thinking. It's like, no, I'm going to use this as a skill for myself. And then I'll see where this goes, having no attachment to the outcome. And I, I really like that you brought that up because I think there doesn't have to be an all or nothing with dating. It could be really more flexible. And when you do meet someone that might be causing some of your triggers of anxiety or whatever it is to come up, then you could actually speak what you want. And then that helps you grow as a person too. And then you get to see what happens with them, whether it works out or not. It also means you don't have to block off so many other people mm-hmm. because they may have something that triggers you once in a while, but you don't have to say, no, I can't date that person because they might have 28 other things that you think are amazing. And so you're like, oh, there's this one thing, but you can work past them rather than just saying they have this one red flag that's, that's about me. It's not about them. Oh, yeah. Had not to argue with you. <laughs> but there is sometimes when you feel that, oh my God, this isn't right. Trust that. Yeah. Like sometimes there's someone that you're going to meet and there's going to be something about them that you can't put your finger on. Just go, let that go and move on because you want to be comfortable with the person you're with. If you're constantly being triggered by them, sometimes there's a reason for that too. I like to honor that. I learned a lot being married and divorced. And now when that trigger comes, there's a reason that that's coming. I can name it, but I don't want to be with someone that was like my ex-husband. So it's better for me to just turn around and run. Yeah. 
I like that. And I think having multiple schools of thoughts, it gives it an opportunity like what we're doing now, kind of in a brainstorm, right? Where we're able to help people kind of see the different sides of things and then be able to make decisions based on that. Just so we're clear, I'm right. And she's <laughs> I also would say I went, to, I mean, I still go to a therapist pretty regularly. So I did that for a long time, two years before I was married. So probably for the past six years and helping define what it was I was looking for and just having someone to talk to about dating and am I overthinking this and how do I form this question that I want to ask this person and then having accountability. Did you bring up the topic to this person or did you let it go? I love that. helpful for me. Yeah. You don't have to have a therapist for that. You can have a friend, but just having some type of accountability of this is what I'm looking for and I need to talk about this and did I actually do it or did I let it slide? Mm. For me, that's good because remember, I hate anything with confrontation. Okay, so before we move on, do you guys have any other rules or just things that you want to share in relation to dating relationships or any of the good stuff? I mean, I had some funny stories about what should be on your profile. (laughs) Just from women had said, all the guys with fish pictures and just some funny stuff of think about what you're representing in different ways about yourself. But that's all. I mean, it's just mostly maybe have someone you trust look at your profile and talk. I mean, I don't mean it's not a big deal, but I do think women actually want to see for guys that you spell checked, that you have reasonable grammar. Because they're like, there's so many out there that if you have and, and you can be a really smart person, but nobody bothered to even go back and look and see whether it's just, it's really hard to understand. Yeah. So those are, they're just silly stuff, but it just shows a little bit of effort. I think one of the ones that is probably that I'll end with is people are not as self-aware as they think they are. So a lot of times men will say, I'm looking for a relationship and then they'll get into a relationship and then they'll be like, oh, wait, I didn't realize I wasn't quite ready for this well, then don't put that you want a relationship. I will just say people aren't as self-aware. So when they say they want something, let their actions speak that and watch that. Don't just listen to what they're telling you. Yeah. Okay, Mark, who do you want to meet? Let's talk to your future person out there. Oh, <laughs> who do I want to meet? So some stuff that I had to relearn. One, I tend to be really attracted to smart women. And so it's part of why I read profiles because they can't write something interesting or correspond in a way that I think that they can write interesting things. I move on. So that's definitely part of it. I tend to like women who are adventurous. So I tend to look, for me, that means outdoorsy and things like that and go on trips. But there's different ways to be adventurous. Part of it just means that you're willing to go try new things. I don't want to be with someone who says, I've learned it. This is who I am. Mm. I want to be with someone who's willing to go change. And I don't mean change for me, but I mean, look at how to keep growing. One of the things, because I'm 58, I, I wonder, am I going to be one of the grumpy people when I'm old? And, or are I going to be nice or grumpy? And I'm like, I don't know the answer. I don't know what defines that. But I want to be with someone who is continuing, because I, I hope it means if you are being flexible, Maybe you won't be grumpy. One of the biggest ones was when I met my ex, she was playful. 
And I can't tell you whether it was because we had a child or stressed in our relationship, but it went away pretty mm-hmm. quickly. And I don't want to be with someone who's childish, but I want to be with someone who's childlike. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's just, they know how to be serious, take stuff seriously, but that they can be in situations and let their guard down. And I mean, some of it for me is an intimacy that it's about affection rather than just sex, but it's far more than just there. It is how you treat each other, that you mess with each other in affectionate ways in all the time. It's just, you're looking for how to let the other person know you. I don't know. I mean, I don't have all the different ways because it shows up in different places. But for instance, there's a woman who I'm going to go on a date with today. And I really like she wanted us to be messaging with emojis because she wanted to see whether I could be creative. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. And I was like, I like that. And she's just kind of messed with me back and forth. And one of the other things that we've kind of talked about was we misunderstood each other at one point. I got a little ahead of myself and she kind of encouraged me to back off a little bit and that she wanted to start as friends. And I was like, oh, I really want to be friends. And her response was, I'm not looking for a friend. I have plenty of friends. And I was like, oh, damn, that was not what I meant. I I'm, I'm, would like to date you. But what I had to say then was, it's that thing of where Andrew was saying, you know, shy away from conflict. But I had to say, look, I made a mistake. And they almost never make mistakes, is what I said, because I had to be. But then I said, you know, but I try to identify, own them, and correct them. Yeah. And part of the reason I got better, that was because parenting, that owning them with your kid, it makes you a better parent and helps them along. So I didn't learn all of that through dating or friendships. I learned that with my kid. And it, it has made me better connecting with women. I want to be with someone who's willing to talk about things when they're hard. Mm. And one of the things I lucked out with was, if you ever remember the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Yes. So my family was the Protestant family that never talked. And my ex's family was the Greek family where they had a dog pile. They screamed and yelled and, and were in each other's faces and had a great time. And I wanted that. And then I got it. And it scared the crap out of me. Mm. They gave each other unconditional love without earning it. And my family, you didn't get unconditional love. And certainly not without earning it. And to be with someone and in the family that did that, it was like, she was something I thought I wanted. And Mm -hmm. it overwhelmed me when I got it. And it ruined my relationship with my mother-in-law because she gave me this amazing love and I couldn't take it. So I pushed her away and she never got over it. Mm -hmm. And it was really too bad because she was the most generous person I probably ever met, but I really hurt her by pushing her away. Neither one of us was trying to hurt the other person, but I just couldn't handle someone who was that nice to me. So there was this stuff about trying to understand yourself, trying to understand what's going on with other people. My ex couldn't intervene because she'd had too much trauma. She couldn't Mm -hmm. understand that she needed to get between her mother and I and save our relationship. It was really too bad. 
what do you think you got from that experience? Because now it seems like you've really reflected on it and you're owning the side that you're responsible for, which is a great place to be. Well, the biggest thing I got was my ex taught me how to deal with conflict. Mm-hmm. I was scared to deal with it. And she was amazing at it. It was probably the first five years that we were together before we went to sleep mad at each other. We worked it out before we went to sleep every time. Mm-hmm. And there were times I'm like, oh, it's over. We're mad at each other. It's over. Because I didn't know how to, to manage my fear. Mm. And she just said, we're going to talk about it. And so I still get scared when stuff comes up. But it was dealing with my fear. And just everyone, people have different fears. Other people would have different issues. But for me, it was don't let those things stop you. And I, there are definitely times where Andrea said about having a red flag. There are things that you should honor, but that was one that was really important to have a better relationship. So I needed to figure out how to do it. If you meet someone and you realize there's a trigger that they're a narcissist, run. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But there are some skills that I picked up from other people, but that was the biggest one from my marriage. And find someone who I could deal with conflict and also find someone who has a playful side because that's my favorite part of me. Yeah. I want to be with someone who honors that. And I like what you said too about noticing that even in your past relationship, how it started off one way and then it sort of worked into another. I think that's really a self-reflection too as well. I'd love to hear from you guys on your number one piece of advice for the people listening on dating in general, whether it's apps or in person or however you want to give this advice. I'd love to hear what would be your number one. No, the number (laughs) one piece of advice, I think I already said it. The biggest piece for me was not trying to convince, but figuring out that my role was to figure out whether I liked her. Mm. That was the biggest one because it had so many things that played off that. That was the biggest change for me that it helped me with my self-esteem. I wasn't trying to convince someone to like me. I listened more. That was probably the biggest change. And it took a long time. Everyone else was, and man, I wasn't trying to convince the person that it was someone other than I was. I never did that. But people were like, you're supposed to try to be this person. I'm like, I'm going to be me. Mm-hmm. And it was then okay. So that's been the biggest one for me. Was- that's good. My therapist once, when we were first, when I was first getting divorced, we were talking about parenting and I was worried about my kids. My ex wasn't a great parent. And she said, you know, there's a thing, a clinical term called good enough parenting. And we actually don't look for perfect parenting. We look for good enough parenting. And if you have one parent that's good enough, your kids are going to be okay. But I also took that to be, I'm not looking for Mr. Perfect. I'm looking for Mr. Good Enough. But I'm also not going to settle until I find Mr. Good Enough. So continue dating. And if something isn't what you want, then just move on. I promise. Promise. And I say this to myself all the time. You will find it. But just keep looking for Mr. Good Enough. It'll happen. Don't get discouraged. Even though you will, because everyone does. It's hard. It's heartbreaking. It's a lot of work. It can be frustrating. And then it also can be fun and exciting and you can meet someone and in three months think, oh my God, this really is better than anything else I've had. So acknowledge that I'm coming from that place and not from the place where, oh, so tired of dating. Yeah. I'd love to hear too, 
how to help people deal with the discouragement when you are feeling discouraged? What are some good tactics for that? Well, I have a really great group of friends and they always know when I'm dating someone because <laughs> because for the most part, they're all married. So I'm like, whatever, you have your people. They don't hear from me as much because I have a very limited amount of time. I mean, I work full time. I go to school still full time. I have three children, so I'm busy. So I have a limited amount of time to date and to be with my friends. So when I'm dating, I'm not with my friends as much. But when I'm not with someone and I'm discouraged, I've got a really great group of friends that says, yeah. oh my gosh, you're going to be fine. Like We're going to find someone. I used to say when I first was thinking about getting divorced, I'm never going to meet anyone. I'm never, no one's going to want me. And then I got into dating and I was like, holy crap, this is so much easier than I thought it was. <laughs> wow. So I dated a lot of people and I know I can just get on a dating app again and I'll date a lot of people if I want so just get back there and do it again I guess I don't know I think that's good it's getting out there and doing it again is anything coming up for you Mark yeah I mean one piece is sometimes people get overwhelmed there's so much choice which kind of was but Andrew's like it's not quite what you saying, but it's, it's connected and that people say there's always something better out there and I think it's probably true there's 8 billion people in the world. There probably is someone who might be perfect, but it's the good enough. I totally agree. Find something where the grass is green and decide whether if you like where you are, make it better. But don't worry about where it's green or somewhere else because it probably is, but you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to find that and being frustrated. And when I was married, my ex, she wasn't the most beautiful person, but when I was with her, I never looked at other women because I didn't need to. She was amazing. I just looked at her and I was like, I don't need to look at people. My friends would be like, oh, do you see that woman walk by? She was modeling. Like, I don't even notice because I found someone who, when I was in love, it just, I didn't need that because I really poured myself into it. And I think that would I mean, I don't know because it's been a while since I've had that. And I think from online dating, I'd probably, it's going to be really frustrating because I'm going to have that wandering eye for a little while and I got to stop that. But that that's something that I really liked about being in a relationship was I didn't worry about whether there was something better. I just found something and said, this is really good and I want to make it better. And when we do the dating challenge in the summer, it is a no app challenge because the apps are easy, right? And so through the challenge, we're helping people and it's only 17 days and then people can always get back on the apps afterwards. But the idea is to not burn energy on all the choice because there is so much choice on there. And so it's just a really fun way to kind of get yourself out there. And then you're with a community of people that are supporting and encouraging you. And then, like you said earlier, Andrea, holding yourself accountable to be able to do the thing. So it's really fun. So yeah, it's cool. I'm so glad this worked out, you guys. This was yeah. so much fun. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> so fun. It's so cool when you have no idea. I didn't know what we we're going to do yet. And it was just super fun. So I appreciate you doing this with me. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Stacey. And for the listeners, thank you so much for joining the Do The Thing dating experiment. Here's to meeting someone in a whole new way.